listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 60 of Cinemental, just in case I need it. I don't get it. Why do both? Why wouldn't I do both? 59 was my favorite episode. How do you not know what episode it is? It flew by. Uh, Because I usually end up... (laughs) splitting them into two episodes oh Don't. okay uh, i see what you're doing now you're being proactive i like it. Go correct on. just like i did on christmas and you're like uh what what Wait, why'd you do I that i obviously <laughs> forgot how dumb i was then but i remember <laughs> but, but it was last year and it's <laughs> and it's funny because i left it on if you listen to the show because <laughs> i left a whole little bit on it was if at the Lego beginning keeps it, interrupting this is going to take forever yeah it's fine it's that's what editing's for how can you talk if you haven't got a brain i don't know but some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. everyone and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making my name is Stephen hovke and as always i'm joined by my friends Hassan godwin and lathan conger the third our guest tonight joe writes thrillers he has sold a few million worldwide to this i'll add that his short story shapeshifters anonymous was recently adapted into the recent creep show holiday special on shutter joe conrath welcome to cinemental happy to be here steve <laughs> well, that's good because I hate for you to be here under duress. Yeah, I'm very unhappy to be here. Wait, Latham, Latham twisting your arm or anything? Oh, that makes three of us. Okay, I gotta go. This has been fun. <laughs> this has been great. Uh, good seeing everybody, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the flip side. Uh, so oh, let's go down the tubes. Yeah, let's go down the tubes. All right, we gotta go someplace. Uh, so, Joe, you and Latham have been friends for how long? Forty years. Uh, Thirty. 33. No, 40, 41 years. We've known each other 41 years. 43. 43. We've been friends for four years. And not non-consecutively. No, I've known Latham since we were nine. We met in 1979. Yeah, he's right. In fourth grade. 42 years. All right. Well, you know what? Let's, you know, we should jump into and suffer from consumption. Hassan? Let's see. It's not bad this week. I watched uh, season three of Cobra Kai. Oh, how was it? Um, it's good. If you like the other two seasons, you'll like this one. It's it's pretty solid. I heard it ends um, on a uh, a bit of a a, a note. Spoiler, word. spoiler. Well, you no, guys I, do spoilers just, on the show. Uh, on the movies we talk on, on the main movies we talk about. Yes, but not on. I mean, not generally. We try. We only have spoilers on about movies that. Um, if uh, if we've all seen them and we're discussing them, we generally, I mean, especially if we it's a movie. talked about it before. Yeah, especially, and especially if it's a movie that, you know, obviously that it's been out there a little while. Um, I mean, we're, we're hardly timely when it comes to most things anyway. I mean, we're usually, you know, from the time this will, I mean, from the time we're taping this now, it'll be, it'll be two weeks before it airs anyway. So that's another whole two weeks it'll be before that time gets us. So, so yes, we generally are okay with spoilers. 
But what I was going to say about Cobra Kai was I just heard that uh, that the end of season three is a they really set up season four with it. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, the end of season, the end of season two, they they did as well. I mean, they just, you know, so I mean, it's it's if you've seen season two, it's no more set up in season three than season two was, you know, I haven't seen Um, any of them, so that's fine. Wow. I've never seen a karate. Is the kid, charm so. of that show the nostalgia? Is that why it's fun? No, it's just well read. I've um, heard some it's really of it. Good. Okay. Some. I'll I'll tell you. No, I'm just curious. <laughs> I mean, we'd like to guess. To like uh, I know, but you, but you got you got stop talking so I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you. Too. Um, I'll be quiet. <laughs> Not um. It is. There is nostalgia. There is a lot of nostalgia, especially if you've if you were a fan or just have a passing familiar with the familiarity. Excuse me with um, the Karate Kid, and then you know, especially the first season. There's um, these aren't really spoilers, but there are characters in the first season that were you know that were minor characters in the movie, if at all, and they have like speaking roles in the in the in season one of the television show, just as such as uh, Daniel's mother is actually a character in it, you know, like, like things like that. Like things like they really dug deep to, to grab these people. And, um, you know, 30 years later, you know, uh, give them prominence in the show. So that works. But then after a while, you know, the, what, what keeps you there for season three is the writing, you know, and I mean, it's not, we're not talking, um, Moneyball. We're not talking breaking bad, no. you know, kind of writing, but we, but it is, it 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 maintains its level of charm all all throughout. So if you did like it, if you have any affinity for any of these characters or for the story in and of itself, it's probably going to hold on to you. It's a true yeah. it's a true um, passage of time between the original films and the TV show. So it's current to current. Absolutely, okay. yeah. It's genuinely thirty years okay. later. And uh, what's his name? Zapka, whatever. Billy I can't Zapka. Ever pronounce that guy's name. Yeah, he's especially in season three. He's fantastic. You know, and he's this is his renaissance because he never really got out of the bad guy bubble when he was a kid, you know, from the 80s. He never really he mean, he was the equalizer's son. He was Edward Woodward's son on that show. That was a that was a a fairly uh, sympathetic role. But for the most part, he got relegated to the bully that nobody likes. You know, he just couldn't get away from it. He's actually written. I don't know if he wrote a book on it, but he had several articles out at the time, especially late 80s, early 90s, about how he was he had a hard time, like getting out Pigeon of that head. role. Yeah. The, what's really funny is that there's a song called Sweep the Leg, Johnny, <laughs> which is a video came out like 10, 15 years ago, long before this, where it was it was mainly him coming to grips with that character of him being the, the shit heel. <laughs> from from karate kid you know like the quintessential shit heel and it was like kind of a it was a real it was a parody of an uplifting song kind of like um like eye of the tiger kind of situation yeah. and at the very end of the video he gets hit by a car <laughs> um as a joke and ralph macchio was driving the car you know? so i mean nice okay so uh, it, but I mean, it's and it's done, and it, that's as close as everybody thought that they were going to come to any right. kind of you know follow up to the Karate Kid. And then, of course, ten years later, or you know, ten fifteen years later, it's a it's become a major drama that's like a number one television that's show in the, the, in the country. So the tract of these things. I was right. 
I was around a guy at a uh, convention a few years ago. Uh, this is well before the first season of this. <clears throat> and Billy Zobka was a guest at the show and he was sitting maybe a table away from where we were. And uh, I was there for a couple hours. So I was able to kind of, you know, and I, I have to say, a, he was busy the whole time he was there. And yeah. he was yeah. one of the most genuinely nice guys with every single fan who came up to the to the table. I mean, and this was this was even at the time, this was like obviously older guys who were our age who, who remember Karate Kid, as, you know, when they were kids to like bringing their kids up and like they had like clearly said this is the guy who was in the movie we just watched and this was this was the bad and he'd come up and he was just he was so great like just like being yeah. like a guy there like not taking anything for granted about the of, of the career that he'd had at least up until that point which now of course he's had even a a, a nice resurrection with the series and all but um right. really a genuinely nice guy uh from what i could see yeah and, and like uh as you say latham like there is a there is some 80s nostalgia to it, but it's really done well where it's not mocking, you know. Yeah, there's um, a fine line to walk with that stuff. I mean, because it's yeah, the, the show really is different hard. than the Karate Kid a little bit from what I've heard. So it is, it's, I mean, I couldn't describe it to you without really spoiling it's a lot. And also, point. yeah, yeah, there are sequences, especially in this third season where like, you know, Johnny's like trying to. He's trying to hit on a girl on social media, and he's got his uh, his students like helping him yeah, see, with social brilliant. media. That's that divide. If you play on that divide, that's that's yeah. that can lead some clever writing. And so there's some there's like one or two good scenes where a kid's like, "You didn't, you didn't send that, right?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, what's, what's the problem with that?" And it's like, "Yeah, you you didn't hit send though, right? You're we're we're still good, right?" And he's like, "No, I sent it just a few minutes ago with a picture of myself and a you know and a declaration of love in all caps, you know." So it's stuff like that. It's pretty good. That's fantastic. Is 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 so, Macchio yeah, in the show? Oh, oh okay. yeah. All right. Yes, he is. You got to see. Like, I can't describe it. You have to see it because it kind of unfolds in its own That's way. Fine. So, and you do really. I would recommend you see the first movie. For it because it's a huge part of it. Sure, like the dynamic between the two characters is a gigantic part of it. So it's probably not going to work as well on you, Steve, because you didn't grow up right. with it, you know. But it is what it is. Uh, well, we, I, I, because of my aunt, I ended up because I had a, I just uh, <laughs> uh, Zoom watch uh, the rest of Bridgerton with her, oh, so boy. I just put that down because <laughs> I didn't have anything else to put down. So. I found out that uh, I think I told you about this already. There's uh, there's full episodes of the Highlander TV series, which I haven't seen in 20 yeah. years on YouTube. Oh, wow. So I was uh, I watched another gigantic chunk of that stuff. Good <laughs> stuff still holds up, but very 90s anachronistic, you know, like like Xena Warrior. Princess no, not that bad, but, <laughs> but almost. But like. But like leaning into that a little bit, like, sir, you've, I don't know if you know this, the premise of Highlander of like immortals that they're going to cut each other's heads off and whatever, they're compelled yeah, to do so. I, I don't see why there were sequels to Highlander because there can yeah. be only one. Right. The, the, the sequel movies are garbage. Oh. If you like the first, if you like the first movie, the sequels are garbage. The television show is a good sequel to the movie. Because it's got the same rules, doesn't incorporate that outer, you know, the aliens from outer space stuff or whatever the weirdness 
of those other and then they made i think two or three highlander yeah. movies off of the 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 tv show off of adrian paul's character they did a crossover those are they did a crossover with i was gonna paul say and, didn't and lambert show up on the show eventually lambert lambert was in the first episode oh of the of the series okay. um and then you don't see him again for the next six years and oh. then he's in the movie gotcha. that's weird they made and i think they made two movies for highlander for for adrian paul and they're both garbage. Oh, I was going to say, do, um, do they give the story a logical ending? <laughs> Have you seen any no. of these? <laughs> I was just wondering if they if they ended the TV show in such a manner so it like it ends, or if it's like no. The the really bad thing is the TV show ended because Adrian Paul like it was six mm-hmm. years, which is a good run for syndication. Yeah. And uh, so for season, at the end of season five, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're like, Well, you we got a contract, you see, you got to do it. Oh, he, oh, and yeah, so basically he 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 is shoehorned in a whole bunch of uh episodes in season season 6 is only 13 episodes. He's shoehorned in in about half of them. And uh there the each episode serves as a as a potential pilot for a spin-off. <laughs> so like it they keep Jesus introducing Christ. brand new characters. That's yeah. brilliant. That yeah. is brilliant. That's a really funny yeah. idea. Like each, it, ep- each episode kind of... of a TV season is a spinoff for another show. Yeah, and they obviously cow. they obviously wanted to spin the show off with a woman who is a woman immortal. So he there's about six or seven episodes of these women that come out of nowhere. <laughs> that that the, the entire episode is the, they're the focus of the episode, and Adrian Paul just kind of walks through. Like, <laughs> hey, he, ladies, he, like, how he are just, you? <laughs> he, yeah, he just encounters them. How's your high landing going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, and at the end of it, they, they move to the next one. And then, which is weird, um, they did do a spinoff series called Raven with uh, Elizabeth Grayson, who is, a, who is a recurring character in the show. But she wasn't one of the audition uh, women that they, that, that they did the, the episodes with in season six. So obviously none of those other women worked out as far as the producers were concerned. And they just went with, uh, they should have they gone with another character. Uh, to if they were going to do a spinoff, it probably would have lasted a couple of years, but it was a waste of time anyway. But the show is very anachronistic of uh, of that time because I mean, like he cuts people's heads off like every week, so technically he's like a mass murderer, and <laughs> they don't they don't like he they, they don't explain how he how he hides the bodies, <laughs> you know, or anything like that, you know. And it's the '90s, so we're just on the cusp of the like the forensics explosion. Because there's no and and also CCTV everywhere. There's no way like that show would work now. No. There's well, no way the you could, you could do all that energy? stuff. No, that's right. They don't. They did. They did show up. Now you get a transference right. of that's energy right. from them, but the bodies, the bodies are, still are still the bodies. The bodies. So all right, yeah. yeah. So uh, I watched a movie on uh, on Amazon called "I'm Your Woman," which is really good. Um, is that the Dolly Parton documentary? Name. Okay, no. Um, the actress from the Miss Maisel, whatever that that show is, I've never seen it. But the the, the magnificent Miss Maisel, yeah. or the fabulous Miss Maisel, the marvelous Miss Maisel. There you go, that word. Um, she plays a, the the wife of a. Uh, what what is what is what is vaguely described as a gangster, who who goes missing and and whatever he has done, it's it's substantial, and so his 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 uh, partners have to try to get her spirit her out of town. <clears throat> and she is kind of a trophy wife that, that, you know, 
was that was a homebody. So she doesn't know how to do anything, and she has never been on her own before. <laughs> and suddenly she's on the run with a baby. Uh. And, you know, the guy hands her a gun and says, hey, good luck. You know, don't get killed because they're after you. And that's that's the, that how that movie goes. It's really good. It's actually a very good film. I saw the I, I saw season one and season two. I just watched season two of his Dark Materials, which is on HBO, which is really good. I watched a documentary called 40 Years of Rocky, which just came on. Oh, uh, is that that home movies one? Yeah. 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 It didn't didn't look okay. interesting at all. Well, it was good. It was narrated by Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. Just he talked about his process about like you know writing Rocky. Well, I will rock you. It was a bad. It was very lucky. Well, if you're not interested in it, then don't watch it. Uh, this <laughs> pretty well written movie. I yeah. watched. That's kind of what I felt, but I mean, I don't know. I don't need to be mocked. That's what I'm saying. You know. Um, I watched uh, Shadow in the Cloud. Oh yeah, I just got that. Uh, I need to watch that. How was it? No, you don't. You what know. is that about? It's Chloe Grace Moretz playing a mysterious agent character who needs to take something on this flight. If you watch the trailer, it kind of gives, shows you what it's about. But basically what it comes down to is um, she has to get on this plane and it's World War Two era. B-17, I think it's B-17, B-17. World War Two era. And yeah. she gets on this plane and these other guys on, on a, the flight crew on a B-17 is what, six or seven guys, whatever. And they, so, so she's on a plane with a bunch of guys. And anyway, and then something crazy happens and she has to start fighting. And it's a you know strong woman character, um, not what you'd expect. You know, I don't uh, watch the trailer. You'll get, okay. a sense, you'll get a sense of what it's about. I thought it looked fun. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to check it out. OK, but you not so much. It was fine. Okay. Right. Yeah, it was good. It's good until they reveal what the mystery oh. is, and then you're like, oh, "Man, okay." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a dragon tattoo. It's like it's a great setup, and then it's like, "Oh, really?" It was all right, I guess. Like, oh, it's just a Christmas tree. Why don't you just say it's a Christmas tree? Which is not a secret. Yeah. I'm just using that. I get it. Uh, <laughs> watch an episode of uh, of uh, you know Star Trek Discovery. Latest episode of uh, The Expanse. And then I watched this movie called uh, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. You don't, you don't and, have to list uh, the week's movies in your list of stuff you watched. I, yes, I do. because something he does it's, every got, week. It's part of his new stick. I've, it's kind of like what I... I've got film envy because you watch way too many films. And so I, I always don't. end up... I have nothing to report every week, although I will soon. Well, and I guess it's just me and Steve then. It's just a rivalry I have with yeah. Steve because he watches way too much shit. You guys are so definitely suffering from consumption. <laughs> Is that it, Hassan? That okay. is it, yes. Joe, what did, you, what did you watch this week? I'm going to go back. I, I haven't been on the show, so I was just looking at my what what the hell did I watch list. Okay. And I, I found a couple of things that may go back as far as 10 days. It's harder than you think because sometimes you just watch yeah. it and don't even, you know, you don't even think about watching I, it. It, t- I, it took, it took right. me a while to get into the habit of, of making notes every time I watch something now. But, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. But, you know, it's. I'm I'm looking at you do this podcast because we're all on Zoom and you've got everything you watched written on your forehead in Sharpie. <laughs> and kudos to you for writing it backwards so you can recognize it. <laughs> it gets it takes a little practice, but no, I had no idea. I, I watched all of this crap until you guys put me on the spot here, and I'm like, oh God, I got to do something with my life. I've watched too much crap. <laughs> Uh, we binge watched on Netflix, my wife and I, Evil, 
Oh, oh okay. Series. Have, have you guys, have any no. of you seen this? No. I know about it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, how good it is. Latham, it is the heir apparent to the X-Files. That's what I thought it would oh. be. And it's fantastic. It is wow. scary. You genuinely care about all of the characters. It keeps you guessing. The villains are terrific. Okay. A great ending to it. On it. I know that. It's a lot of fun. It is well worth spending the eight hours or whatever it takes. Is it balanced or is it lean one way? Uh, they, they go with some episodes that are a little maybe too sentimental for, for the subject matter, but that's okay. That it's also like another series I just watched called Primal, mm. which was on HBO Max, which was uh, the dude who did Samurai Jack, uh, Jendi Tara Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. Yeah. yeah, he went to school with us, Joe. Did you know that? Yeah, he was. I think he was there for a year or two when we were there. I don't think yeah, I ever met him though. That's he a, but he was uh, that Primal is just amazing it's the Animated. bloodiest oh yeah it's the bloodiest thing <laughs> uh that's that's ever been committed to uh to animation before and you know i'm a big fan of anime from way back with devil man and violence jack and all the going to guys stuff and this is a violent violent show uh again they went sentimental on a couple of episodes not overtly so but it didn't fit in with the tone of the really hyper violent episode. So evil recommended primal recommended my wife lost a bet. So right before this show came on, we were watching the first episode of firefly. Oh, <laughs> and that's, that's always fun to revisit. I haven't seen that in about 10 or 15 years. Nice. Uh, and oh. that's a, that's a fun show. <laughs> uh, the other day, my son came over my 23 year old son and we wanted to watch some sports films. So we we settled on some bowling movies. So we started with Kingpin. Of course. And then we went to Big Lebowski. Yes. And Kingpin is seriously one of the most sadistic films ever yeah. made. It is so yeah. unrelentingly grim and terrible to the protagonist. <laughs> uh, and it's got some laughs and it's a, it's a funny film. It's but dark. Boy, is it a mean, mean, dark movie. And <laughs> Big Lebowski, I've probably seen, this was maybe my third time seeing it. And I don't get all the love. Now, I don't hate Big Lebowski. I'm, I'm fine with it. I've seen it three times. And again, watching it, I was very entertained by many moments in it. But I'm a writer and I do that for a living. And this was an anti-narrative. <laughs> and, you know, props props to the, the Coen bros for doing that. But it, it never truly sat well with me that this is a movie where all the protagonist does is react to everything and not really well. So he's a leaf blowing in the wind uh, the entire film, occasionally saying something burnout funny. And I get why it's beloved, um, but I don't get why it's beloved because it's not beloved by me. Uh, and I like a lot of cult movies. Uh, Kingpin, of course, mean. Um, just watch one of my favorite movies over again. Perfect with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. Ah, I love this movie. I, I just <laughs> what, what, what I you, love this what movie. What do you love about it? 
please. I, I, everything everything about that movie is terrific. First of all, the yeah, whole that, idea that of a, a little vague. Uh, uh, something specific. A, a writer standing maybe up. Maybe he'll answer. A writer's <laughs> he'll let him answer. <laughs> a writer standing up for uh, a freedom of the press, which is what John Travolta plays. Uh, it's a pretty good love story and a pretty good character study of both John Travolta and the Jamie Lee Curtis character. Uh, watching her do aerobics, that that should be just a Enough. thing that everybody watches for two hours a day. Uh, <laughs> she was terrific in the role. He was terrific in the role. It's well-written. It's well-directed. It's a very solid drama. It's a fun and, and a solid it? romance. James Bridges. Oh. So did you ever see China Syndrome? Yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. Uh, and what else did he do? Didn't he do broadcast news? Uh, no, that was uh, that was uh, James Brooks. James, James Brooks. Sorry. Also a good movie, though. Broadcast news has got some of the best writing ever. In Let's it. look at what Perfect has on Rotten Tomatoes. Who gives a shit what Rotten oh Tomatoes says? That's pretty low. Uh, it, uh, it was a fun movie. Fun movie. Okay. There you uh, go. Watched Charlotte's Web. Oh, the Again, original, the original uh, animated, the original nineteen seventy something, Hanna Barbera, um, uh, Charlotte um, Webb. He is some magnificent, radiant, humble pig. Who was the Who was the uh-huh. voice of Charlotte? Uh, Charlotte was Debbie Reynolds. Oh God, love Debbie, her voice, wow. Debbie Reynolds, and Paul Lind. That's right, did, Templeton did Templeton was a rat. Templeton, and the yeah. only reason anybody knows paul lind is because seth mcfarland does the voice imitating paul lind for roger on american dad it's that same paul lind that's uh, type right of voice. Oh, and charles webb was fun i only know paul lind because of hollywood squares <laughs> oh yeah he, he was on that all the time don't you know <laughs> that was his oh, home away God. from home <laughs> paul lind oh pick me please just pick me oh <laughs> gotta love paul lind a surprise surprise movie that i absolutely loved and it fits in with a very small select genre of relatively recent horror comedies it's called love and monsters and it's well written and it's gory and it's laugh out loud funny and it's got some great creatures in it and it's just a fun movie that's only a couple months old right it's only a couple months old okay okay the world ends and everybody is confined to bunk bunkers because monsters just proliferate and they're killing and eating all of humanity and this guy who was in love with this girl in high school years have passed and he realizes she's only 80 miles away so he's going to come out of this hole that he's been living in for years out of his bunker and go find this woman that that he was in love with when they were kids and it's hysterical it's touching the writing is so good the acting is magnificent uh, great special effects and it, it belongs into a, uh, I can only think of three other movies that nail horror comedy in a big and smart and hysterical, almost John Hughes type of way. It's tough. Uh, one was called Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, great movie. Which is, Love and Monsters is just as good. That's how good this is. Uh, another was called Freaks of Nature. Didn't see that. Ah, uh, Freaks of Nature is fantastic. Very similar to Love and Monsters. Uh werewolves and zombies and vampires have taken over the planet and then you throw john hughes teenagers into it right and it's it's terrific and another one is one i recommended to you about 10 years ago latham called detention oh detention is great and (laughs) funny funny but it's also 
uh, no holds barred horror mm-hmm. film. And if you liked Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, if you liked Freaks I of saw Nature, that at your house, Steve. I think you did. Yeah. And if you liked, you, you'll love Love is Monsters. And the last movie I watched again, I saw this in the theater when it came out last year and it was better on the second viewing. And I came very close to picking this movie for tonight, guys, but I wasn't sure if you guys would be able to find it. So knowing when, when Latham invited me to do this show, knowing that you guys have seen a lot of classics and a lot of current stuff and some cult stuff and some, some weird low budget stuff. I, I noticed that you hadn't done any Bollywood. Okay. And I love Bollywood. I'm a huge Bollywood fan. And one of the biggest hits of Bollywood last year was a movie called War. W-A-R with Hrithik Roshan and, and Tiger Shroff. Okay. And it's basically an 80s action bromance film that is a delight from beginning to end for its two hour and 40 minute runtime. Cool. It's only got one extended music sequence in it. Uh, and the two lead characters, what made this such a big deal is they're both huge action stars in Bollywood. And if you've never seen a Bollywood movie, uh, a lot of them are what they call masala. And masala is a little bit of everything. So they've got action in them, but they've got <laughs> melodrama. They've got romance. They've got humor. They've got, uh, in many cases, they throw in horror and they throw in science fiction. They throw in a little bit of everything, plus the musical numbers, the song and dance numbers that everybody expects, because Bollywood harkens back to the early days of Hollywood, where they thought that everything should have musical numbers in it. And they just kept that tradition, whereas Hollywood did not. But with war, you have two of the biggest action stars in Bollywood right now. You've got Hrithik and you've got Tiger. And they've both been in huge hits. And to put them together was like putting Schwarzenegger and Stallone together in Escape Plan. It was a huge thing. And it totally hit everything. I mean, it was a ripoff of or an homage to the Fast and the Furious films, to all of the 80s great action movies. Uh, it, it was just so much fun beginning to end and loved it, but I didn't pick it because I didn't know where you guys would be able to see it. I've got a right. DVD I bought from India, so I didn't know if you guys could get it. So instead, I picked the two films that we're going to do today. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, I think we've all uh, suffered enough. I think we should move on to the movie. All right. So uh, off to Indonesia we go. Uh, and then and then we'll shoot heroin. Joe's <laughs> No, no, hey, stop it. I'm not talking about shooting heroin the drug. Heroin is my local hooker. Well, why would See, you that was her? just as bad. That was even worse. You're yeah, gonna cut to... this, right, Steve? This no, was... well, of course. Of course. I'll never make it on there. And uh, go. cut it, I'm gonna hold it hostage. Yeah. <laughs> you know you can hold hostage your opinion about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, oh that's what you can hold Uh-oh. hostage. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> because Latham, you know what I'm going to tell you? What have you lost, Latham? Uh, my, childhood, my childhood sense of whimsy. He has lost his childhood sense of whimsy. I've been telling him this since 1984. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you started it in the late 90s. 84. You told me I lost my childhood sense of whimsy after we sat through that Drek the Mummy. Oh my okay. God! Great, Wait, which great. one? The Brendan Fraser one. The yeah. Brendan Fraser one. Oh, we I love that movie. There. Terrific movie. We walked out of there. I wanted to randomly kill twenty people. That's how yeah. much I hated 
the film. And he responds with, you've lost your childhood sense of whimsy. That movie was fun. And I said, it was like watching a video game you couldn't play. I made that argument to somebody. Watching Prince of Persia is watching a video game you can't play. Steve Hassan, has Latham lost his childhood sense of whimsy? Oh, I, 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 I would, I would agree with that statement. I wouldn't know. Oh, come on, good answer. Good answer. I don't go that far back with Sadly, I got to slide toward Joe's side of the uh, couch here. I'm. Uh, it's. Hey, I'm watching see... Fuller House with my daughter and uh, laughing like crazy. Is that uh, childhood sense of whimsy? Uh, no. That sounds more like a, childhood sense a of something. spectrum issue. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of sounds or like some sort of sadomasochistic uh, issue. But uh, there's more laughs in a minute of that show than that whole goddamn movie we did. Oh, I, I, I haven't. You know what? I haven't seen Fuller House, so I cannot actually opine. That's that's now. See, at least he's at least he's consistent. You can't comment on art you haven't seen. You, or you experience you can but you shouldn't make I did that <laughs> argument with a with a You're friend lying. of mine who was uh against the peter jackson king kong movie yeah okay. that's just and i said and i was like look there is an 18 foot gorilla that drop kicks a tyrannosaurus rex so oh, yeah i don't give a fuck you know <laughs> really? i don't care what? about quality after that there's a what do you there's a giant two, gorilla that two t-rexes oh, yeah but two one T-Rexes. of them i yes he fights three of them actually all three of them he does but one of them oh drop kicks and you, you're never gonna them. you're never gonna see an ape drop kick a tyrannosaurus rex again in your life so not where's the married to my wife where's your peter jackson doesn't make it well he made one bad movie, but other than that, he doesn't. Uh, unlike movie. David Lynch, who's made all bad movies? Uh, not all. Uh, he's made some uh, mm-hmm. that are incomprehensibly annoying, but he's also made some masterpieces. So he's really all over the spectrum. Re- really? Word again. I, I, really? All right. So what we're going to do feels here? Like it's an old one. <laughs> what we're going to do? I'm sorry, folks. We're going to go in a side chat room and duke it out. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> what we're going to do here, actually, is we're going to jump into Joe's second film pick, which is Woo! "The Night Comes for Us" from 2018, directed by Timo Jayanto at 120 minute running time. An elite triad enforcer decides to try and salvage what's rest of his life and saves the life of a little girl, which draws down the ire of his old bosses. And he finds himself confronting both new and old friends and enemies in his quest to find a new life. Joe, why'd you pick the night comes for us? All right. So, yeah, I, I believe I said I believe I said earlier in the podcast that big fan of Hong Kong cinema back in the 80s and then became a fan of other Asian cinema and Bollywood cinema. But there's there's been a a prolific country that never really broke out as far as mainstream in the United States, and that's Indonesia. And Indonesia, as you know, is about fifteen or twenty thousand islands. And I got into them through a a company called Video Search of Miami which was basically a bootleg video trading company. And it wasn't technically bootleg because there's something called the Burn Act. And the Burn Act says if something isn't released into a territory, it, right. it no longer has rights in, in that territory and it's up for grabs. And what Video Search of Miami 
did was it took a lot of these movies that have never been released in the United States because this is how copyright works and you need to license something for a certain region. Uh, and that's why DVD players and Blu-ray players are region locked. And that's why if you go to Netflix in the UK, you see different content at Netflix in as than, than Netflix in the United States. And that's why our sponsor tonight is VPN. No, uh, but <laughs> VPNs do allow you to, to check yeah. out content in, in other countries. Well, Video Search of Miami uh, always had features and they always talked up the weird movies that they had. And one of them, they talked up uh, one of the cult actors. They talked up a lot. was a guy named Barry Prima. And Barry Prima was in some crazy stuff, some absolutely mind-blowing, oh, my God, did I just see that shit. Now, have you guys seen the Turkish Star Wars? No. no. Nope. Okay. Uh, that's. I've heard of it. I know it's it. Amazing. Never it's amazing. It. It, it's amazing. World cinema is fantastic. It's just a wonderful thing to dive into. Uh, well, Barry Prima and, and Indonesian cinema was very similar to Turkish cinema in, in that they took a lot of tropes that they got from the West and tried to do their own homegrown versions of it uh, using people from their own country. I mean, if you think about it, how whitewashed the world is coming uh, when, when you look at media, because for 80, 90 years, all it's been is Hollywood. Uh, and Hollywood is extremely ex uh, exclusatory as far as a race goes until until relatively recently, uh, and 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 gender as well. I mean, movies were about white guys for about fifty years, and then things have have opened up and gotten a lot more diverse and a lot better, as far as I'm concerned. But that's the product that didn't just go to America; it went to the world. And when you live in a country other than America, you want to see content that features your people. People that look like you. you. Absolutely. And, and a lot of these countries did that, but they didn't have necessarily the technical know-how that Hollywood had. And they didn't necessarily have the talent pool that Hollywood had. And what you were saying earlier, uh, Hassan, about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein being charming. A lot of these movies from different countries are absolutely charming they're not good in <laughs> any way you can define good but they are captivating and fun and they have heart and they have energy and and they're just a joy to see and barry prima was an action star so he wanted to be the indonesian bruce lee and he was in a bunch of movies uh in the warrior series and some of these have been released by mondo macabro a lot of them are really still hard to get. And you'll pay a couple hundred bucks for, for a DVD on eBay if you can find it. Wow. Because they're usually people who are... But these movies are nuts. <laughs> the Indonesian cinema was just crazy because they took all their old folklore. And all folklore is nuts. And if you think <laughs> about filming the folklore, you think about filming Hansel and Gretel, which they've done several times, and including a really good horror movie this year called Gretel and Hansel. But... If, okay. if you think about filming folklore and filming the stories that have been told down for generations, uh, uh, the witch with a flying head and her head detaches and all of her organs hang onto her severed neck and she <laughs> flies around with her lungs and liver and intestines flapping in the breeze like a, like a tail. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And I loved Indonesian cinema. And then Video Search of Miami died and the DVD craze started and you couldn't get any Indonesian cinema anymore. And then Gareth Evans did a movie called The Raid. 
<laughs> and the raid blew me away. And yep. prior prior to Indonesian cinema going this route, uh, Tony Ja did with uh, Thai Bak. cinema. Ong uh, Bak, The Protector. Yep. Uh, uh, and I mean, even the point where he passes Jackie Chan in that first film and they nod at each other. Like the, like the Rock and Schwarzenegger nodded yeah. each other in, what was it, The Rundown? Uh, passing the Torch. Early Thai cinema or or Tony Jaa and, and Thai cinema, they, they were great. Just crazy movies yeah. that gave you that same, same sense as Hong Kong, John Woo, Jackie Chan, Heroic Bloodshed. You're like, I've never seen anything like this before. It's so cool. And then Tony Jaa did that with Thai cinema. And you're like, I've never seen anything like this before. It's so cool. And... Barry Prima kind of did that, but it never went mainstream. But then The Raid and Raid 2 came out and uh, Marin Tao before then. And then The Night come, Comes for Us. And this had a lot of buzz about it before Netflix picked it up. And I was looking at the Google and looking <laughs> at this movie and I thought, oh, my God, this is like an NC-17 heroic bloodshed, crazy gore film uh, that that plays very much into the the brotherhood sense of honor bromance that that John Woo did in the in the Hong yep. Kong action cinemas and Chow Yun Fat became so famous for, but also has this sort of Peter Jackson crazy no holds barred brain dead gore sensibility before Jackson went mainstream with with Frighteners and then Lord of the Rings later. And I thought, I have to see this. And uh, it came out on Netflix and I devoured it. And I thought, well, I don't know if you guys can see Bollywood, but if you've, if you've never seen modern Indonesian cinema, you guys have got to see this movie because this is a movie that is completely divisive. I, I don't think anyone is lukewarm on The Night Comes for Us, but I'll see if I'm wrong. I loved it. I love the the idea behind it that it's about some uh, triad, which is the Chinese mafia triad assassins, six of them called the Six C's, and they're mythical, legendary, and anonymous. And these are the guys who you call in when all the shit comes down, kind of like the cleaner in a La Femme Nikita and and Point uh, and no Bridget return. Fonda. Point of No Return. Uh, Harvey Keitel did that uh, it was, uh, after uh, uh, Jean Renault, right? Yes. Am I correct? Yes. And he was also uh, the, well, he also played a, obviously the player, the, he played the same Oh, the character. professional, right. Well, no, he well, he played the, he was the cleaner in uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it was, uh, it was different. Right, he right. was a, it was, he went by yeah. a different Harvey Keitel. Right, Harvey Keitel, yeah. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Quentin. So, I wanted to share this because I, I love the 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 idea behind it that we've got these six legendary assassins, uh, and I loved the 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 bromance aspect of it, which was we're going to fight to the death for our friends because we're we're friends, and I certainly love the fight scenes. The Eco uh, uh, Weiss was so great in the raid one and two. Uh, he was just in triple play with Michael Jai White, who uh, Michael Jai White is in my favorite film of all time. And Latham, do you know what that is? Spawn. No. <laughs> Michael uh, Jai White. How could um, it be? Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, he's in your what? Your favorite film of all my time? My favorite film of all time. 
not um, uh, Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. That is not your favorite film of all time. Black Dynamite is the most perfect that film. Is ever magnificent. Made. Okay. As a it's monster. Beyond, <laughs> first of all, it's the most quotable film since Airplane yes, and Caddyshack. <laughs> we can probably all name a million Caddyshack lines, but Black Dynamite is just as quotable. <laughs> Uh, Black Dynamite is perfect. Black Di- if you if you grew up if you if you want to talk about cinema genres, you want to, want to talk about uh, um, uh, a filmmaking movement representing people that looked like them. Uh, uh, what what is what is called black exploitation now, uh, or also uh, soul cinema now. Uh, black Dynamite just absolutely killed it. Yeah. They killed they killed the whole Superfly Shaft. Black Shampoo, uh, Fred Williamson, uh, Richard Roundtree, uh, 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 Jim Kelly, Black Bell Jones, Jim <laughs> Brown, who uh, has been in everything. You, you guys probably have you any of you seen Three the Hard yes. Way? Do you even know who I'm talking about I've here? Seen nope. Three the Hard Way. I, I saw knows. Uh, Black Dynamite is perfect. It's a perfect film. Well, I would, I would no, have to agree. We'll it's see perfect. Soon enough. It's perfect. We'll, and well we can we can get into Black Dynamite when you come back. But we're we're right now still talking about we're still in Indonesia. The night the night comes <laughs> for us. Yeah, and I, Eco killed it. Uh, uh, who is the lead character, Steve? Uh, John, what is it? Joe Joe Toslin. Joe Tos Joe Toslin killed it. Who is the guy who played White Boy? White Boy Bobby. Bobby yeah. White Boy White Boy Bobby. Uh, I don't know. He's... Uh, Zach Lee. Zach Lee killed it. Everybody in this movie killed it. It had a mythology to it, and I love mythologies to a film. It ended open-ended because there needs to be at least one or two more films in this series. He's He has hinted on Twitter that this was the first film of a planned trilogy. And the gore and fight scenes are off the charts. Yes. And I love Tony Ja and the crazy <clears throat> stunts he's done. And Jackie Chan and the incredible kung fu movies he's done with Sammo Hung and Yen Bao, uh, but wow, you will not see a bloodier martial arts movie ever up to this point than the night comes for us. And I love this movie with all my heart. So, what do you guys think? So, when when Latham told me your movie choices and he mentioned this one, I <clears throat> I, had, I I immediately thought of a different film. What do you and- think? Of- uh, it was um, Latham had thought that I was thinking of It Comes at Night, which is not the film I was thinking of. No, but I, I didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, we were trying to figure out what it was. I assumed it was right. a horror movie. It was. By the, it by was. the title. And but, I was like, oh, but, you picked uh, a horror when movie. I, when I did a quick search and realized that this was the movie that you had picked, uh, a, a, a huge smile broke across my face. Himochianto, man. I, Killing I, it. I, Killing it. I had seen this uh, probably six or eight months ago. Uh, okay. Ran ran across it, looked interesting. So I went into it blind. Not oh, so you had oh, how what was that like the uh, first time? Just I was um, well, I, <laughs> yeah. It was it blew me away. I mean, the, what what these films are, what he's doing, what Timo and when he was doing his his earlier co directing films with. Uh, with uh, with chemo so they were the mo brothers the mo brothers yeah uh he they're doing very much along the lines of what you were saying which is basically they they've opened up a new part of the world and they've basically this is the next evolution 
of the modern action film. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, you know, and like I said, I even it was so funny that you brought back you brought up Tony Jaa and Ong Bak because I made a point in my notes about that you can see the seeds of this all the way as far back as 2003's Ong Bak with Tony Jaa. Sure. Um, you know, introducing a hyperactive fighting style that we just haven't seen on film before and and executing it perfectly on film for the viewer to watch and the way it's done uh what these guys are doing with uh this this indonesian traditional martial art called silat silat yeah is is nothing short of a of astounding and the, and they're the sort of the mixing of it's so heavy-handed when done in american films but the mixing of cg and live action in these fight sequences is done oh, yeah. is done so well and to yeah. such a strong extent that it you don't it doesn't pull you out of it the way it does in most in most other american made films that are using cgi for blood squibs you know because they don't want to take the time to do practical effects right and if you I don't know how far you go want to go back but i mean this really this is why we have the john wick films i i, I can guarantee you that if you get into a conversation with Derek kolstad or um uh, the other guy, uh, uh, the guy who directs him, uh, Stahelski, Chad, Chad Stahelski. Chad. I guarantee you that a part of the influence from those John Wick films comes from from this stuff, from the, watching these kinds of films. And this sort of just incredibly tight space fighting sequences. I mean, the, the whole fight sequence with him and the cops in the back of the truck yeah. in, in that, you know, in a space that's six foot by, you know, by what six foot by eight foot if right, that right yeah you know I mean, it's, it's a three or four cops it's four cops four, it's four, four cops. cops and him and so it's five just, guys in the back of a van yes uh yeah you know and it's just i uh, it's it, it absolutely i i watched it again today and i i i enjoy it just as much if not more watching it the second time uh the both raid films uh I, i'm dead on board with same thing uh I had actually, this is funny, I did not realize until I looked it up later, uh, so I recently had watched May the Devil Take You and the okay. sequel, and I did not realize that Timo did both of those as well. And he's a horror director. Yeah. He, he likes he likes the scary yeah. stuff. And he's and he's in- And this is, you, you could argue this is a horror film. Well, he's in production on the third one of the May the Devil Take You. So oh, that's, that's that's on its way. So to, to wrap up those three. But I'm, I'm hoping that afterwards he jumps back into this story and we can we can get more more of the because he said that the the trilogy is is planned to tell tell more of the story of the operator, which is the girl on the motorcycle. Right. Who, who and, was never explained in the correct. Movie. She just shows and, up, kicks ass and then leaves. And the remaining members of the six C's. Right, the sixties. So, uh, yeah, this this film is it's like you know if you've ever seen the film Old Boy. Oh sure, this is <laughs> that was this yeah. is this is that the, got me into. Have you seen Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Lady yes, Vengeance? Yes, yes. If you if you watch and enjoy that hallway fight scene in Old Boy, one of the greatest fight scenes ever put on film. It's like watching two hours of that, and half of it is at twice up speed. I mean, and, it is, and a bloodier, by, oh, way bloodier, way bloodier. And yeah. old, old boy is not a tame movie. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely that, not. That is not for for shirking violets, shrinking yeah. violets. Is it shirking or shrinking, Latham? Uh, I shrinking. I, have you been paying attention? Were you asleep, Latham? No, I've seen. I have not. <laughs> I have not seen Old Boy though. 
You haven't seen Old Boy? No, it's on my uh, list to watch. My God. This, this film is... I don't this, want to be spoiled on that. Any, anyone who, who has, has seen and appreciates the John Wick films and has not had any taste of, of Indonesian cinema, this film is... Even honestly, and I, and it's a subtitled film. It's mostly in Indonesian. It's there's there's some small interchanges that are done in English. Uh, even if you're not a subtitle film person, this film, if you like action films, this absolutely is a must see. This this is this is hands down one of those. I don't want to call it a watershed film, but there's just there's something about it. it's a landmark representation of the modern where the modern action film should be across the genre. Um, I, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I, 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 I love this movie. I've loved both this director's uh, other, other outings. I, you know, his, the two horror films that I just stumbled upon to uh, also cold and accidentally saw the second one first. Um, huh. How is that? Well, it was funny because, uh, so the second one is on Shutter, and the first one is on Netflix. But on Shutter, it's listed as "May the Devil Take You to T O O." But hmm. when you start the movie up in the Indonesian titles, there's the number two. Hmm. So you're like, "Oh, is this hmm. the second one?" And then you find hmm. out, obviously, that it's a sequel. But hmm. it honestly, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you can go back and then watch the first, find the first one, watch it, and it's they're, they're both still just as good. Um, Hassan, what did, what did you think of this? <clears throat> was okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Underwhelmed. You, you did that. You did that on purpose. <laughs> Hassan does that on purpose a lot. Um. I uh, I I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But these movies like exhaust me after a while because there's only so many times you can see some guy get his head ripped off. Oh, no, no, you got to do a game. You got to do a game um, where you take a sip of beer every time somebody gets stabbed or shot. You wouldn't and, make it through this movie. No, yeah, you'll drink forty beers. That's that's how much violence is in. Didn't mean to drop this. No, I mean I can't. I obviously can't drink 40 <laughs> beers because <laughs> I would die and uh, I don't want to die. So, um, well, especially not for, uh, not for the, I mean, look, it was, it was, it was really pretty straightforward. It was coherent. Um, it, uh, it, it moves really for, there's no, there's, it's, it's not really a lean movie. You can't call it lean because there's a lot of fat on it. There's a lot of like background stories and like intricacies of characters and, uh, you know, strange relationships and, you know, you know, flashbacks and stuff. So, so it's not really lean, but it doesn't really get stuck anywhere, which is really cool. Um, but it's just like, mm. it's relentless. Great. That's a great word. You know? And I found that about, yeah, I, I found that with even with the um, the John Wick movies to an extent. It's like sometimes like, all right, yeah, like, OK, these guys are dead. <laughs> OK, these next these next guys are dead. You know, like, it, you know, they, they, 50 guys line up in a hallway and John Wick comes, you know, comes down. He comes out of an elevator. It's like, yeah, I don't know how we don't really know how. <laughs> but in about. Oh, really. Four and a half minutes, these all these guys are gonna be dead. You know, that's so we know that's gonna happen. Now, 
Um, what's kind of cool uh, with this movie, that's not with a John Wick movie. Basically, John Wick doesn't, re- he works alone. So, John, nothing's going to happen to John Wick. You're just going to see a whole bunch of people get killed. And then he's going to partner up with like maybe one person. And then they're going to, they're going to stroll through the movie. And either at the end of it, and it's not a spoiler because this happens <laughs> like in all three movies, either at the end, they betray him or they just go away. <laughs> you know, they're like, that's we're done. Movie. You know, I, I'm glad. I'm glad I could help kill, you know, 13 to 14,000 guys. Third, third act on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in, in, uh, in this movie, I mean, some of the people that, uh, that the main character kind of rubs off on, they become, you know, they get, they get their own focus and those guys are not covered in plot mm-hmm. armor, you know? So eventually, you know, you get to watch uh, the the circumstances kind of whittle through them, and you know you you form an attachment to them, and then the person who tends to ends up being one of the main protagonists starts out as an antagonist, and then they, and then he ends up killing the protagonist, and he becomes an you know the protagonist. Then he gets killed, and then some woman comes out of nowhere, and she becomes a she becomes a main antagonist, and. We don't even know where she goes away, and she loses a finger. She she rips that that part yeah. off like she, a boss. <laughs> yeah, like a boss. But but I did not lie because she did yep. lose it. She did. Well, <laughs> I did not lie. You were correct. Did lose a but, but she finished the job <laughs> on her own in one of the most badass scenes in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite fight oh, in the film. Movie. What's really funny is that. You can tell that the the preamble to that, the fight before the knife fight, was a was a was like a add on, because that is less choreographed <laughs> than the knife fight. Yeah, because you watch oh, yeah, that if right. you if you go back again and watch that fight, that fight's kind of like like paint by numbers kind of. Okay, I'm gonna swing and then you're gonna duck and then you're gonna move aside and whatever, and it's a little slower. And then as soon as the two, you know, the the two pre-established badasses with you know blade badasses uh face off that thing becomes a roller coaster all of a sudden which is fantastic and i actually unfortunately i'll, I'll admit having watched that like nearly three times i just <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm, I'm watching I'm it right now i don't care i'm rolling <laughs> <No>. it <up>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i liked it i liked it a lot i am you know after a while you just get these it's like uh the kill bill you know sequence of the the crazy 88 you just get desensitized to it to so much and i'm not a gore person you know as as steven latham oh, no i'm not a i'm not a horror person and i'm not really a gore person but uh but i, but I wasn't offended you know i wasn't like jesus christ it's not like someone getting stabbed in the vagina in the first five minutes of a film damn it <laughs> Which has no, scarred what, me, what, Steve. What movie is that that we're talking about? Well, I'm not, I'm what, not even what mentioning they, what the name. What have they done movie. to oh. Oh, oh, shit, I remember that. Giallo. Yeah. The Giallos. What yeah. have they done to their daughters? A couple of weeks ago we did sequel. that. Yes, correct. Yeah. That was that was a rough week well, for Godwin. Um, so Dario anyway. Argento has done that before, too. The, the yeah, it could be. Nether region. But I do, I did like it. Uh, um, I, I would, you know, this is a genre I don't mind seeing over and over again. I, you know, this, 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 the way this ended, I didn't get the the strong sense of man. I got to see these guys, you know. I got to see where the story goes. Not for me personally, but if there were sequels, I would definitely, I would be there for it. Um, 
so I did enjoy it. They there is um kung fu cinema or you know the 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 format in of itself still does the introduction of a badass better than any other genre yes. at all. You know because of whatever that girl was, I guess she was yeah. French, the blonde girl. When she comes out of the elevator and she you you have not seen her, they haven't she hasn't even been foreshadowed up until that sequence, but she just kind of strolls off the elevator and you're like, oh, this one's double, <laughs> you know, you know that, and, and it was unclear. And I think it's like, the half of a shaved head is what gives it away. <laughs> it, well, also she's the only uh, white person in the movie, other than white boy Bobby, uh, who is only half white, somewhat yeah. white. Yeah, he's it. only, and also, also she's um, she's kind of laconic, you know. Yeah. And that's those in in these high high energetic movies. Whenever you have a character that's absolute, the the definition of stillness, that character is trouble, you know. So you know, there's this the Korean or no, the Korean was in Better Tomorrow too, the the Korean bad guy in or was was he Japanese? No, he was Korean. Tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, the beer is hitting me hard now. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be your abbot. Sorry. Get back on the, get sorry. Back on the joke, sorry. man. <laughs> Go unload those bags. <laughs> <laughs> I hurt my little head. Uh, <laughs> so bad. The one joke, I'm so happy that the whole thing just lifted after that. I'm like, please don't be, let it be like this. And there wasn't any Wilbur jokes. Because I do remember that from the... the well, there Wilbur. wouldn't have been that Wilbur, <laughs> Yeah. But he was yes. Wilbur in the film, you know? We do chicken Wilbur. So, but anyway, uh, I liked it. Really good, really good film. A little too bloody, but it doesn't matter. That's, that, that's the... If it didn't do the blood, if it if it... If it didn't offend me bloodily, then it wouldn't have been actual uh, uh, a, a decent uh, addition into the genre. So, you know, I'll take the sacrifice. There. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed someone being garroted by an air conditioner. <laughs> that's, that's something that's I can honestly say. Yeah. You know, I'm so sick of that. We've seen that in every movie. Every other. <laughs> yeah. oh, the old, the old AC decapitation. That's yeah, I mean, I don't know why she didn't right. see it coming. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of annoying. I like the other girls. Like, why didn't you help her? I was like, nah, you can't help yeah. it yet. <laughs> it's like, but if you had helped, she might not have. Okay, never <laughs> mind. I'm not even gonna yeah, argue right. with you on that. <laughs> Let's just start killing each other. Let's just get to the point. Uh, so yeah, the uh, three and a half out oh, of four mm. stars. Nice. Hassan's got stars. Latham. Nice. Latham, what do you think? I got stars. Uh, well, again, I, I, I've seen a couple of films near this genre. I think I've seen The Raid. I've seen, they're not Indonesian, older Hong Kong action movies, actually through Joe, who's shown them to me. So going in, I, I didn't know what to expect besides what the little summary showed on Netflix before I watched it. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's better that way. Mm -hmm. But, um, I have to admit, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I, was blown away by the choreography. Um, just wondering how they're doing certain effects and how they're, you know, the editing is really like, it's, it's a good mixture of not too much. It's not like MTV every second you see a lot of a fight and then they edit, then there might be a few quick cuts and then they go back to the, the main fight scenes So you know, the choreography really sells it. Um, 
it's you know my my favorite fight scene is in the butcher shop i was just like <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't ready for it and then i'm just like whoa okay yeah. this is what this movie is yeah. gonna be like and yeah. and it was yeah the hook, every, the hook every was time hard. It, well that the and the slab like... of beef just or being stabbed to death with bones yeah, yeah. yeah how just... often have we seen that in cinema they just they just picked every way to die in a butcher shop and put it in that scene and that's and then made sure it, it was sold right. And then they threw in the shotgun stuff after that. And I mean, it's it's pretty well paced. Um, there's no bad acting. There's no thing that takes you out of the movie. You know what you're going to get. They establish what you're going to get from the beginning. And they never duck below it or above it. It's just, you know, here you go. This is, this is the kind of movie we're going to make. And we're going to make this entertaining. And, you know, there's not a bad fight scene in this movie. Um little bit of um, meh, right towards the middle. I think the pacing slows down a bit, and I understand why. You got to catch your breath uh, before what happens towards the you know, middle end. But um, that's the only pacing thing I noticed. Otherwise, it was you know it's a it's a two hour movie, right? I yeah. think. Yeah, it's yep. two hours. So, yeah, it's almost didn't, two didn't hours feel, exactly. Didn't feel almost. long. Felt you know it's just a crazy violent adventure and that had myth in it and um uh just really different like i like how they took the time to show the scene like on the beach and with the town where they massacred people you know you could throw that away with lines or not fully show it the way they did but they took time to let the impact of that scene like sit with you and i thought that was a good choice when a lot of other movies would have just blown that off. Um, but I, you know, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was uh, just a, just a fun, but you know, again, I, I'm not a huge bloody guy either. I don't think I'm as bothered by it as the son is, but that's, they, they, they established it early and, and they, it's not like you have throwaway deaths in this movie because all these deaths are the point of why they're making it and showing it to you. They wanted to show you a violent action movie. And this is about as violent an action movie as you could, as you could ever watch. So uh, I think, I think it's good. I, it's, uh, it's worth the watch. I don't know if I enjoyed it as you, as much as you three, but I would definitely recommend anyone else to watch it. Well, the, the, the choreography, which I'm, I'm calling situational choreography for the fight scenes uh, is something that these guys do almost beyond compare you know the 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 like when you brought up the butcher shop fight you know for example you know the you know the sequence where he's outside and the guy is shooting through the wall at him initially and when he finally breaks in you know the guy happens to be standing behind a desk and he is he 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 somersaults into the room and kicks the edge of the desk so a desk slides into the guy causing him to drop the shotgun but i mean the use of all of the things that are around them in any of the given fight scenes is the stuff that, that makes these fight scenes kind of so amazing. You know, the the, the sequence where he walks into the old hangout and all the new guys are in there. And he's like, if you know who I am, then you guys know what's going to happen. If you stick around or if you guys know who I am, why aren't y'all coming at me now? And then then they finally do. And it's just like, 
and I and they immediately switched to this sort of like camera mounted slightly above and behind him uh, so that you see the fist come around and strike the first guy and it sticks with them for a couple of shots. And then it starts to, to move around into like the standard, the kind of the fight choreography filming that they show for the, for the film. But it's great because in these long extended, uh, these fight scenes, which are going to go on for uh, shit, sometimes 10, 12 well, minutes, two hours, two hours, the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, two hours. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. They have these really interesting stop points that allow you just to catch your breath for a split second. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, yeah, the one in the middle is a little bit longer, but well, no, yeah. but I mean they have these really interesting little point. No, I mean in the middle of the fight scene, I'm talking about. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, where they because no, yeah. like he comes in, he does the whole thing, he fights off, keep fights off, and wrecks about ten guys, and then he gets the guy where he takes and he rips the bag of pool balls off the table, and he takes that guy, <laughs> puts him onto the pool table, and just smacks him in the head with the bag of cue balls. And, yeah. and, and all of a sudden it's just a cutaway and it just shows him holding the bag of bloody cue balls and the hair pieces of hair sticking yeah. out of the bag and the guy just twitching on the table. That's and it just the much, stops. That's well, funny shit right there. And it just, well, stops. what about, I was going to say, Steve, what, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was going to say, it just stops for about 15 seconds, just long I mean, enough for you to go. Okay. And then it's right back into it again. Boom. What about when the ambulance crashes or the, uh, not the ambulance, the, the police, police, van, yeah. police, police van. van crashes and they did the slow-mo shot and the pieces of that one guy are like moving. <laughs> yeah. like all the pink chunks. There's some pork chops in the van and they that's just bounce so around his flesh. I, was, I, I love that when he kicked that guy into the, with the, with the grenade and all, you just get this rain of little pink chunks falling down around. There's just no, no one's done that before that I've seen. That's well, okay. One of the wonderful things, there's a lot of wonderful things to say about this movie. And Steve, I totally agree that this is the evolution of the action film, but oddly enough, it's the evolution of the Asian action film and we can actually trace it back and we see that one shot in old boy which is the one extended panned camera shot where he kills about 40 people the hallway fight the hallway fight without in one take it's probably the most amazing shot ever in a film and and Latham, wow. you can talk about doing one shots and oh casino and scorsese <clears throat> when he was doing that and then you can talk about other one shots the old boy one best I've ever seen, you know, feel free to disagree. But we go before Old Boy and we go to Hong Kong cinema, or, or actually right before Old Boy, we can go to Tony Ja, who brought the Jackie Chan uh, vivality of what Jackie Chan did that was different than Bruce Lee is Bruce Lee was very much Kung Fu and Jackie Chan mixed Kung Fu with street fighting in order to make it faster and to throw punches that weren't exactly a certain style. But here's the thing about The Night Comes for Us in Indonesian cinema, uh, if, you, if you want to call the raid starting with Indonesian cinema, certainly with, with uh, uh, the protagonist, uh, Aiko uh, Iwis. There was a precedent for that before John Woo and before Jackie Chan and before Shang Shea and, and all of the Shaw Brothers films. And that was Japanese cinema. And if you look at Lone Wolf and Cub, sure, and Tamisaburo Watayama, or Hands of the Blade, 
which is a spiritual sequel to Lone Wolf and Cub, but throw in graphic sex along with the graphic violence. Uh, and that was uh, Watayama's brother, uh, Shintaro Katsu, who was famous as Zadoichi. These movies are absolute George Romero bloodbaths. Hmm. They're samurai movies where somebody's head is cut off and a geyser comes out. And these were very early 70s. This was before Dawn of the Dead. Uh, uh, This was before the whole gore phenomenon happened uh, full scale in in the United States and Italy. Not before before, uh, H.G. Lewis and, and Blood Feast, but the spouting gore was totally embraced by the Japanese and all oh, their yeah. uh, ear and grow uh, uh, films, the erotic grotesque films, uh, the Pinku films, uh, Pinku violence films, uh, the rape revenge films, the Scorpion series, uh, which is on shutter right now. These were really violent, bloody films. And though they didn't focus on martial arts, there was a lot of drama in between the scenes of extremely graphic violence the graphic violence really, really hit home and still hits home today. Guys, watch Baby Card on the River Sticks now. Watch Hands of the Blade, Who's Got the Gold now. It's insane. <laughs> it is a, a bloodbath. And in the case of Hanzo, it's just crazy sex, insane bondage, weird-ass, crazy stuff. <laughs> so Bruce Lee didn't do that. Bruce Lee did hitting, but there wasn't a lot of gore. There wasn't a lot of no. blood. There was violence, certainly. And, he, you know, he'd take out 40 guys, 50 guys. But it wasn't, you're going to see your teeth come out. Well, Bruce Lee was trying to bring Chinese cinema to, the, to, to America. I mean, he was trying to, you know, get Americans to introduce to it. And, well, with his, with his first Golden Harvest films, uh, he, w- he was focusing on telling a, a, a truly Chinese story. And nothing had been seen to that point before. But at the same time, you can look at uh, uh, Sinichi Chiba, uh, Sonny Chiba. In the Street Fighter series. Street Fighter films, who Quentin Tarantino loved so much. Uh, He cast as Hanzo Mm -hmm. in in Kill Bill. Uh, Those were just crazy violent. I mean, the Street Fighter, if you remember, for 1974 or 75, right. the Street Fighter came out, rated X, because of violence. He would hit someone in the face, and it would cut to the X-ray of the guy's skull breaking. <laughs> I mean, still awesome. Still That's- awesome 50 years later. <laughs> That's pretty unique. But the Japanese films were really bloody and really violent, and Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan were not really bloody violent. And, and Tony Ja was not really bloody violent. He was more about the acrobatics. He was more about Jackie Chan taking the situation. What is this, a coat rack? What is this, a chair? I'll use that in the fight because of the situational uh, fighting thing that Steve talked about earlier. Jackie Chan was a master of. What is this yeah. over here? I'll use this. Uh, and it was very much a choreographed dance. Yeah, I mean, there, his, scenes with, his scenes with ladders have never been equaled. Oh, they're they're insane. He he was he was a maniac. He still is a maniac in yeah. his sixties. He's just he's just crazy. He's got that new Russian Schwarzenegger film that they both did. Uh, oh, uh, what's it called? I do not know. I haven't seen it yet. Don't spoil it for me. Honestly, go watch. I mean, just go watch the Foreigner that just came out a couple of years ago. Jackie Chan's 
amazing. Yep. Uh, Tony Ja is amazing. Eco Iwais. Iwais. Amazing. Amazing. And as I said, if you guys haven't seen Triple Play, it's like the Expendables on a lower budget. It's got <laughs> Eco. It's got Tony Ja. It's got Michael Jai White. It's got Scott Atkins. Triple Threat. A gazillion. Triple Threat. Triple Threat. Is it a good movie? No. Is it fun? Oh, yeah. It's it's terrific. It's all <laughs> these like the legends beating each other. At. Agreed. Agreed. I love the Expendables franchise. They're all fun. All right. Well, you you lost your childhood. They, to they are a lot of fun. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, you got to be careful bringing up the Expendables around Stevie. You might think you're hitting on him. I love the Expendables, Steve. Yeah, I I I, I like. And I, I'd hit on you. Again, they're so. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. Maybe you guys uh, should rent them and watch them together. Maybe, maybe you should look into the mirror and contemplate how to be happy. Or relocating your childhood sense of whimsy. There you yeah, go. I, I should. If I, if I could only find it, I just can't remember where I misplaced it. And I don't know if you ever box. had it. I'm going to be honest with you. Is oh wait, this basket? Wait, do you, shelf? Do you like is Star Wars? Ass? I don't know where it is. Maybe if you like Star Wars, there's hope for you. Oh yeah, I didn't like Star Wars. Okay, that's not. No, I'm saying like I'm saying there might be hope if you like Star Wars. A New Hope. It, uh, it wasn't called A New Hope when we saw it, brother. Come on, man! It was, it was called Star Wars. It was called Star Wars, and it was the only it on the screenplay. Hassan, wasn't it on the screenplay? Oh, it was called Star Killer in the screenplay, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. He called it. I think it was on the screenplay. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't even know movie. what we're talking about. But I just want to <laughs> know. <laughs> I just want to know why in Indonesia nobody was trained to guard their necks. <laughs> it's an unprecedented loss of life in those in that movie because no one just went like this. Love it. <laughs> no well, one did like this, you know. Like a couple on. guys did that with the girl with the razor wire, and they just lost their yeah, fingers. Yeah, they lost their hands. And, uh, it's a, it's a even stupidly even the little girl in the backseat of the car jabs up, shivved oh, this guy yeah. in his <laughs> neck like three or four yeah. times. I'm gonna like, join in on the fun. Here you go, buddy. She's she just instinctively knew the guy would not be protecting his neck because it's apparently yeah. not what we do in Indonesia. You know, it was right there. <laughs> yeah. That's what you go for. You go for the throat. Yeah, the, the blood effects are great. I mean, don't they, uh, don't don't pass up a chance to uh, to enjoy this movie, everybody. This is are, are, are you kidding me? What what movie that any of you guys can recollect? has a fight with the box cutter and then they stab somebody with a box cutter break off the blade in the opponent and then pull up new blades still in the, yes. the base of the box cutter yeah never-ending supply the most one, brutal thing ever only one i could think of is united 93 Oh, oh, holy! You went there, huh? dude. Wow. Wow. What time is it, Hassan? <laughs> wow! I don't want to know. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> Midnight late on this year. <laughs> so, so when you get when you get that close to the microphone, Latham, just so you know, it automatically cuts out when you're overdriving. Uh, to, what I was order, saying was pointless anyway. In order to protect itself, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. And the rest of us. It's better it didn't record it. So 
We don't want we don't want people thinking I'm a uh, serial uh, killer. Whatever. Okay, let's let's recap with the a Siskel and Ebert thing. So thumbs up or thumbs down for the night comes for us. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. That's four Everybody, thumbs up. Everybody yeah. four thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs thumbs up. Okay. Thumb, thumbs up or thumbs down for Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs up. Way down. So, so it's three thumbs up, one thumbs down? One yep. thumb down here on the floor, burrowing, trying to get through the slab of concrete that lies beneath this. That's how I feel about the, the Firefly TV show and movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't, stop, no, you didn't, stop. You didn't like Firefly? No. Oh, yeah, boy. Oh, no, I, I, oh, no I'm boy. curious. Why didn't, you, why didn't you like it? I am um, not. Why aren't a... you popular with the Chicago police? Yeah, department? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of the aesthetic. I I I like um I don't like the on the nose western motif. I like when uh when that uh genre is kind of veiled a little better because it basically is a western genre, but I just don't I you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff. I I like Nathan Fillion. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't like Josh Whedon. I don't like his writing at all. So okay. That's that's probably the primary reason. Now, now, do you like spaghetti westerns? Yeah, I like spaghetti westerns. So Sergio Carbucci and and Sergio Leone and no, no, no. I like I like go and I like a western motif while watching a western. When I'm watching a space western, I like it to be. I like the aesthetics to be a little more uh, or a little less on the nose. So Nathan Fillion wearing a duster. Carrying around a, a you know a Colt a Navy revolver with a laser scope on it didn't do anything for me, and it's, it's there's a bunch of stuff there. But I mean, mostly it's the writing. I'm not a fan of uh, I'm not a fan of Whedon's world building. I don't think he does a very good job of it. Latham, do you like Buffy? Yeah, it's brilliant. So is Angel. Uh, Angel's better, actually. Uh, Angel is better than Buffy. I wouldn't call nah, either of them brilliant. It is. It's a better. It's nah, a, nah, overall, nah. it's a better show. Ah, uh, no. Yep. Except for season four. Uh, Firefly's great. I don't know what Hassan's problem with it is. Um, I don't know what your problem with anything is. So, you know, I mean, we're even. Hassan, <laughs> uh, he's lost his childhood sense of wind. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly, right. He's lost, <laughs> he's lost a loving feeling. His problem he's is. Lost a feeling. <laughs> you never close your eyes. Don't anymore. be angry. He's sad that he's unable to experience joy like we are. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's, That's right. right. Feel empathy. Don't feel. Don't feel. <laughs> that part of your brain, the oblongata, or whatever the fuck it is. Medula, 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 medula oblongata. The, the, the pleasure <laughs> center. Wrong with your medula oblongata. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that's. Uh, there must be some uh, secret invisible ray coming from Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein that numb that for about an hour and ten minutes. Oh, the good thing is, is we're done. So, um, I'm gonna have a sip of thank you guys for having. No, me. no, no, hold on. Oh. He's tricking you. <laughs> you oh wait, it's not. The, there's, not there's really not there's, over. There's one more place we have to go, Latham. Holy God! Oh, is that the butcher shop? Nope. It's down it's the a- tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's it's a series of tubes.
Thank you for not prolonging that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so then moving on to the night comes for us since uh, since this didn't really get an American release other than Netflix. Uh, I was able to track down uh, four pieces of key art, two of which were done by a guy named Eric Gomez. Wow. Which uh, these were done for the original Netflix uh, uh, promotions marketing department. So it was a Netflix film, huh? They were the production company. Uh, no, they bought it. They, they, oh, okay. they, they bought it for distribution in America. All right. Yeah. It's a great poster. The next one as well. Just a slight, just a different, uh, different, uh, direction i think i like the first one better yeah first one's really complete this one's i don't know i'm a, I'm a fan of the second one more yeah the the first one is too symmetrical okay i like that second one has that john carpenter the thing coming out of the body amorphous kind of lopsidedness to it yeah got a ghost of mars kind of feel <laughs> oh, God, you got to bring that pile of shit up now. <laughs> I saw that with you, Latham. Do you remember? You we saw did. That at you did. Streets, streets of Woodfield. I think you went and bought yourself a Ghost of Mars pajama set after we walked out of there because you loved it so much. I, I bought the Ghost of Mars pajamas and then nailed your girlfriend in those yeah, pajamas. Well, wow. While, while you were busy complaining about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I, 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 didn't, I didn't have one at that I, time. Latham, Latham, I'm teasing you. You didn't have a girlfriend. Yeah, I know I didn't. I, I know I didn't. <laughs> that was a pillow. You just the sick burns keep coming. Yeah, that's what it's you tuned pretty, in for. Pretty sick. So then the uh, the next two pieces were uh, promotional pieces for the uh, from the from the the Indonesian production company, which is Marantau Films. And Marantau so is, of course, the the, the first, first movie by right. Gareth Edwards. What's Before, it called? Marantau. Oh. Eco Weiss again, or Maranto. same, same, the uh, same yeah. guy who played the main villain in this. Yeah, who yeah. was his actual friend who they had the box cutter fight at the end. Yeah, uh, who was in Triple Play with Tony Jaa and Michael Jai White. Triple Triple Threat with Michael Jai White and Tony Jaa and Scott Atkins and at least four more other. Yeah, actiony, actiony people, and then yeah, uh, these are finally, cartoony. Yeah, yeah, it's a little more of a, almost like a uh, like a graphic novel take. Yeah, uh, I like the I like the they took the they took the image from the first one and put it into the second one. I like the way that what they did with the second one, putting the titles and the the image of the city and that below it is, works well. All the spatter. Yeah, it's my probably my favorite one. <laughs> okay, and that's it on posters. We can talk, Timo. Where are, you, where are you guys on uh, Internet Movie Database? Yeah. What's his last name? Jahanto. T-J-A-H. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these. Of what? What? The Jahanto. Oh, any of his other films? <laughs> no, yeah. Jahanto. Okay. Uh, first of all, VHS, uh, it, VHS 2 is not as good as the first one correct um, but i think his scene is pretty spectacular i mean plot, i mean you're gonna I get a, you're getting a three-minute movie so i mean it, you know take it for what it's worth but 
and is yeah his his segment for uh, ABCs of Death is fine. Oh, that's the one. That's the one with the the guy who has to masturbate watching the. Oh, that one's amazing. Yeah, that's. I think that's the one I was thinking of. It's a guy who's going to be killed unless he jerks off watching stuff that's happening live on a stage, and the stuff gets more and more absolutely revolting and shocking and just not safe for work. And he's got to keep jerking off or he's going to be killed. And it's, uh, Oh, it's, that is, that is something. I remember seeing that when it came out and that's, that's the only memorable or for me, the only segment in a through (laughs) Z that's stuck in my head. How would you forget that? They uh, do A through Z in that's that. A re- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the ABC. Yeah, they do all twenty six. But Ella's for libido is the how long the hands down game? star. The segments right. are anywhere from uh like thirty seconds to to three or four couple minutes. minutes. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably see it eventually. But now I don't remember Safe Haven in VHS two. Right. So Headshot was almost as bloody as the Night Commissaris, and and Headshot is also available on Netflix. And I haven't seen Portals. Uh, me neither. Huh. Was interesting. Portals. Where's Portals? I don't even see that on here. 2019. Uh, it doesn't even list it on the stupid Wikipedia one. Uh, are you on Internet in, Movie in the, Database? Apparently it's another anthology film. Ah, interesting. It's uh, three sci-fi, horror sci-fi. Oh, yeah, okay. Portal portals I had not heard about, so I'll have to track that one down. But um, but I look forward to uh, the third uh, "May the Devil Take You" film and uh, whatever the blind of the ghost cave angel's eyes is. Hmm. Whatever that might, whatever that might be. The guy knows what he's doing. The director. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he did. He did macabre. Yeah, with the Moe brothers. Yeah, with with his partner Kimo. Oh, I remember that. That was fun. Kimo Stambol. Little cannibal movie. Have you guys covered the Italian cannibal genre and zombie genres? No, uh, uh, not really yet. So you've covered giallos with uh, what happened to Solange. Have I you got in, gotten into Argento or Fulci or? No, I mean, it, I mean, the whoever our guest is picks the film. So, I mean, that's uh, the yeah. and we just we talk about we keep the focus mostly on the film itself. We don't we don't go as wide scoping really as you know. We, we, it usually gets brought up if the if the if the guest brings that up that aspect of it up. But um, it's really kind gotcha. of you know. Uh, but yeah, but there's uh, there's more stuff out there for you guys to watch. The, anyone who hasn't seen anything else by this guy, you guys, I mean, watch the other two. Watch his his two horror films are great, and uh, and uh, I'll be watching uh, Headshot very soon. Now that I now that I know it's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, there, in the two horror films, there's no there's no fight scenes like there are in you know this film. There's none. There's none of that kind of choreography. But um, they're just really well done. Right. They're they're well directed. Or this one was well directed. Yeah. So, anywho. Well, thanks for can I can I say thanks for having me? Or is there another oh, segment? No, no, there are no more no, segments. There's, show there's, that's... there's another hour and a half. To... <laughs> As we go into our third act. 
Well, guys, thank you for for having me. Absolutely, good mood, good good picks. Yeah, actually, yeah, I appreciated it. Thank you. We should have watched Black Dynamite. Yeah, take that for the next <laughs> yes, time. Yes, we should have. I've never seen it. I'd love me to neither. see it. Me neither. That's fantastic. You got you guys haven't seen Black Dynamite. Uh, I no, they. Me oh and Steve. Me and Steve God. haven't. Uh, I threw that before I walked into the room. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Quiet, Mama. You wake up. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) I'd love to see it. (laughs) You're not the kind of brother who gets by in a wink and a smile, are you? (laughs) And he winks, and she says, "What about that smile?" And completely dead van, he says, "I am smiling." Michael Jai White is like completely dead. Oh my the God, whole he film. was so good. He was so good, and and his kung fu is exceptional. Wow, <laughs> your that kung guy fu is, is very good. Fiendish Doctor Wu. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I am so sick of your kung fu treachery. <laughs> Oh my God! It's the greatest film ever made. It is. <laughs> it is one of the... nothing. Nothing even comes close to Black Diamond. I've seen it forty <laughs> times. Bullshit. <laughs> I love no, I've, I've, I, I think I've literally movie. seen that like maybe 20, 30 times. It's, it's one of my favorite films. It's too good. It is too <laughs> smart and too well written. And if you're even familiar with with who Fred Williamson is or Jim yeah. Kelly is then you're going to love it but yeah some of those jokes aren't really going to land if you're not familiar with the exploitation films though because like they're you know a lot of them a lot of the jokes capitalize on mistakes that those those films made like like at times actors would (laughs) actors would read uh would read their stage direction as dialogue (laughs) in some of those movies so like you know when it's like the militants turn startle, <laughs> you know, and they, <laughs> stupid things like that where you know uh, characters just do things or there's a boom mic in in picture, you know, and they, they and everybody notices the boom mic but they can't do anything about it. Well, the the, the one I didn't talk about is uh, Hassan. Have you seen Dolomite? Yeah, but I saw that a while ago with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's Dolomite. Oh yeah. my God, no! I'm talking about Dolomite and the <laughs> oh the original, Dolomite. the original Dolomite. Yeah, I I've, saw I've those back Dolomite. in the '80s. Oh my God, Rudy Ray Moore was absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, Petey well, Winstrow, the Devil's Son-in-Law, uh, um, uh, the Disco Godfather, Avenging Disco Godfather. Rudy Ray Moore was amazing. So Rudy Ray, but and Eddie Murphy just immortalized him yeah. in that Netflix show. Uh, what was it? My name is Dolomite. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, did he nail it? He just nailed it. But Rudy Ray Moore is the the original. It wasn't hard hack. to nail that. <laughs> he was. I don't know, man, because I saw those movies back when I was a uh, a young teenager. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me watch those movies. Oh, she wouldn't let you. <laughs> no. Oh, they were. She but, was. She was insulted by those movies. But so. you take something <laughs> like Shaft, and and Shaft was a relatively decent budgeted film, uh, or you take the early um, Larry Cohen films like Black Caesar. Again, low budget but decent budget. Yeah, and it's a scene like And Rudy Ray Moore had no budget at all, <laughs> and. Arguably, very little talent. 
and yeah. he decided or to, not arguably <laughs> well but he just, but but the films oh wow you guys see if i'd known this i wouldn't have gone with black dynamite i would have gone with human tornado you didn't uh, go with black dynamite amazing. <laughs> black dynamite's great but human tornado is what black dynamite aspired yes, was, to parody most aspiring to be yeah oh yeah god that was a fun film I don't know if Latham's head would uh, would manage not to explode watching one of those films. There's, there's so much. Fun. I don't know if he would make it through one of those films without. Well, like, what are they? What are they like? He made it through Six String Samurai. He can make it through Black. Uh, no, he okay, barely so, made it through Six String Samurai. Have you seen though. Six String Samurai, Joe? Yeah, I, I saw it in. I think it was uh, uh, either Fine Arts or. Um, Art, no, not Art Institute. Biograph. Music Box. Music Box. Music Box, yeah. Music Box during a first run. Yeah, I remember wow. Six Examiner. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I'm trying to imagine paying for that, taking the time to go see it in it was made for It was made for $35 and was really a creative use of budget and the, and the tech that they had at the time. It's a smart Well, film. a creative, creative mix. budget. It's Filming a creative along a mixture of budget yeah, and terribleness. Oh, and basket case, I did not like at all. How do you not like <laughs> Han and Lotter's basket case? Do <laughs> you even know what the grindhouse was, Latham? Yeah, I don't give up. No, 42nd <laughs> Street, the nah. whole sleaze cinema. All I know Punk is go cinema. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll get you, I got to get Jeff back on the show. I weep. I weep for you sometimes. Well, you should, <laughs> if you had your childhood sense of whimsy, you wouldn't feel so bad. The uh, oh. ba- I saw basket case. Okay, Century One Two Three was the grindhouse for the suburbs. Uh, Steve, you grew up here, right? Yeah, and, Steve, uh, you grew yeah. up in the area. Yeah. So you remember? You remember Century One Two Three on on golf and Roselle? Um, it wasn't in my area to go to. I usually right. went. My I I, I remember saw Barrington mo- Square Six. Of course, yeah. Okay. The Dollar Show back in the yeah. 70s. That's right. That's right. So Century One Two Three had all of these second play movies. So they weren't okay. the first run movies. They were the the stuff that usually went to like Barrington Square Six or something. Well, like. Bar- Barrington Square Six was second run, but Century One Two Three was 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 more like drive-ins where they had prints that would circulate throughout the country. Right. So I saw a lot of Lucio Fulci stuff there. I saw Seven oh, Doors nice. of Death there. Uh, I saw Reanimator there. Nice. Uh, Stuart Gordon, first run. I saw Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Oh, God. Uh, first run at Century 1, 2, 3. Not a good movie. Uh, what was that? I saw Pierce. Not a good movie, Hassan chimes in. So the month, of, the month of October, Joe. Oh, Howling 2? Yeah. The month of October. No, it was terrible. Month of October, month of October, we did all horror films. So, okay. um, Latham and, and Hassan were very much in their element, and uh, so my buddy Damien uh, picked "Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things" as his because that's his Bob favorite. Clark. That's his favorite film of all time. And, Interesting. Uh, Bob Clark's done some better stuff since then. And then his uh, his follow up was "Fearless Vampire Killers." Ah, Polanski. Yep. Oh, we did Dreamcatcher, and it was awful. It wasn't uh, though. God, is it fucking Dream Dreamcatcher, the Stephen King one? Yeah, yeah it's garbage. It's not. No, that's, there's a good movie in there. There's a good movie yeah. hidden in there. I, I liked a lot of it. I liked a lot of it. The pustule that hasn't been popped. And 
And Marky Mark's brother, I mean, he was committed to that role. He right? went all in. He went, he went according according to Ben Stiller, he went full retard. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> in no uncertain terms. If that you guys have sucks. seen yes. that <laughs> movie that I took the quote from, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah which is a brilliant movie. What's it? Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg, Wahlberg. Yeah. He was good. He was good. Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. They, they just used footage from the sixth sense. Same goddamn thing. And and what no, what Steve Steve wanted to he wanted to do for the toilet what Psycho did for the for the shower. He wanted to make the toilet a thing of of fear. God, is that movie awful? I don't That's, care. It's a fun film. It's just yes, awful. Would you like to hear my review of Highlander Three, The Final Dimension? Which oh, I guess, never even did you guys it. do that? No, 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 no. But apparently he's seen it. A star uh, and a, a four. A star. You're the one. Fourth, a star and a fourth. No dimension to this whatsoever. Huh. But they got my money. Wow. Hmm. Maybe you could get it back. It's nicer than I would have expected. Right? Maybe you could get your one dollar rental from Blockbuster back. Video USA. Video USA. Right. Is that on the, the one that was of- right next door to your house? Or right down the street from your house? From where I am now, yeah. yeah. That's where uh, Lori worked and then oh, okay. Jim, Jimmy and a whole bunch, yeah, a bunch oh. of people. They had a lot of good stuff. I, you spent all your time in the adult aisle. <laughs> no, I was too scared Debbie to go Debbie Dallas and... There, there was a the little closet adults, door and Aunt I thought Peg. I'd get in trouble if I went in there, so I never did. Aunt Peg, Sin in the Suburbs, Joe Sarno. Russ Meyer. Have you guys done any Russ Meyer films? No. Herschel Gordon Lewis? Nope. Al Adamson? Nope. Have you done The Room yet? (laughs) Have you done Birdemic? No. Oh, man. You guys, I should come back on just to make you watch all these films. I've seen Birdemic. It's terrible. I love Birdemic. Oh, Oh, my God. Birdemic is brilliant. Oh, yeah. What about Thanks Thanks Killing? I've I've seen Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing is one of a select genre of films that are all about Thanksgiving evil. Yep. There are about five of them, five or six of them. Birdemic, the best thing about everything, Birdemic is amazing. Uh, (laughs) But the the scene that stands out for me is the main character pulling up in his car, getting gas, filling up with gas and then leaving the gas station without a word of dialogue. <laughs> it's, it means nothing to the plot. It's, well, it depends on if you talk to the director or not, because the director was very deliberate in, in the making of, of Birdemic. Birdemic. It's glorious. It's a, it's a lovely. Glorious. You're selling it really well. Birdemic is, Birdemic is. They've got four codes in four four chords in the opening song, mm-hmm. and they repeat them 150 <laughs> times during the 10 minute credit scroll with just a guy driving. It's so not a good hypnotically song. brilliant. Oh no, it's amazing. It's amazing. Birdemic okay. is. Birdemic I think, is. You guys I think need to see your Birdemic. definition of amazing is a. <laughs> it's, it's suspect. Might oh, be. It's not suspect. It's loose. It like, is slightly different. It yes. is so wonderfully entertaining. Oh. Nah, doesn't sound it. Uh, <laughs> up there with the room, or up there with Neil Breen. Up there with the room. Okay. Let me do the exit credits here, and uh... after cutting the last hour and a half. Well, you know, 
<laughs> so thanks to Fesley and Music. Uh, please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Or you can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Joe Conrath, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and monster hunter, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Out. Okay. Well...